welcome to an episode of the Far Post Footy Podcast, although I will share this on the Total Football Concepts website as well because it does perfectly align with having a Dutch coach on Joost van Elden. Joost is a friend of mine. I've known him for the past three years. We coach together every summer at the CBC Dutch Touch Soccer Camp hosted by CBC High School. Terry Mickler is the mastermind along with Jan Proin. And we work on some fascinating stuff with local kids, and it's an awesome opportunity for me as an American coach to talk to and learn from and befriend some really good Dutch coaches. And Joost is somebody who showed a lot of interest in getting on a podcast, sharing his ideas, and working with me on sharing his own experience with his club Trek Vocals in uh, Nijmegen and working on you know having an honest conversation about his own coaching journey his vision of the game his tolerances and his mindset when he approaches the coaching of American kids and his current club in in Nijmegen and it's a really good conversation Yost is a good friend and I hope you enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoyed having a conversation with Yost and I'm going to have him on again because he is so personable he is so knowledgeable and he is one of those coaches that I think a lot of people can learn from and during this conversation we just go back and forth a lot about what is happening currently which is the select number of CBC Dutch Touch camp attendees are over in Holland right now playing against Yost's club. They're learning the culture. They're experiencing uh, great football over in Europe. And it's a really cool opportunity for Yost to highlight what he does as a coach, but also to revisit and rekindle some relationships with some of the players we've had over the past couple of years who have been fortunate enough and talented enough to go over and showcase their own abilities in Holland. So please enjoy this podcast. And I will include a, a link to Yost's club in, in Holland uh, in the description. And I hope it's a great listen for everybody. And thank you f- for listening as always. Take care. <clears throat> okay, with me today I have my friend, uh, a fellow coach who I've met um, over the last two to three years. I don't even know how long it's been. Um, Yost Van Elden, how are you doing today? Doing fine, thank you. So, Yost is based in Nijmegen. Uh, n- tell us about your home and where you're based, and tell us about uh, the club you're at, Trek Vocals, and, and their history and, um, and your role there. Yeah, Trek Vocals is, um, is an old club founded in 1922. Um, kind of uh, creates an opportunity for the kids in the eastern part of the city of Nijmegen uh, to be part of a soccer club. We have a thousand members. A lot of youth members. Uh, we're not a pro academy, but we work together with the NEC Academy. NEC is a pro club in Nijmegen. Uh, we like to do things our own way a little bit. We'll talk about that, uh, I think, further on in the, in the conversation. Um, currently, I'm in my sixth season at the club uh, coaching the U13. There's, there's more U13 teams. We have six or seven of them. And I coached uh, the first team, which would have the 14, we feel, most talented players in the in that age category. And uh, it's a lot of fun. So, so at your club, not being a professional academy, but still being a, an academy in itself, what types of traits or uh, attributes or skills do you stress at Track Vocals for your players? Well, what we see is um, 
both from players that um, that get cut at the NEC Pro Academy and come back, uh, or or join Trek Vogels for the first time, and also players that come from other amateur clubs. Um, I feel like every club would say that they focus on technical skills, but we uh, we devote a lot of our time to really invest deeply in individual technical skills uh, up to the age of 15, 16, and uh, it's done very seriously. And players that are, that feel that they can play pretty well, they they come over and they start training, and they feel like, oh, there's a lot of stuff that I couldn't do yet. And uh, you know, and we and we help them get there, and uh, this translates into the games where maybe as a team tactic, like that may not be our strong point, but all of our players uh, are creative, have multiple options on the ball, uh, have good first touches, uh, like to go one on one, and and I feel like we we look more from the from the individual standpoint of the player, like what is the potential, how can that be reached. Um, instead of how can we win this game by moving the team in this formation. And, and this is something that I don't think would go together because if you are going to focus on the team to win the game, then individuals are going to suffer from that, if I exaggerate a little bit. But that's, that is what, what our experience is. So in terms of technical development, uh, even with the, the youngest age groups at your club, what types of things do you do you focus on? At, at a training session, would it be uh, 60% of the time is technical training and then some team play, or is it all individual? How, how would yeah. you structure your technical training for your players? Well, at the, um, at the youngest age, five, six, seven, eight years old, uh, it is 50, 60% of the time they're working with the ball the you know the stuff they like to do most is 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 the moves that they see on TV, and we work them in there. But also um, shielding the ball, turning moves, one-on-one moves, the different ones. You know, there's. I feel like in modern soccer, like some of the moves that you see on TV are are very complicated. And then for for a seven eight year old, we feel like they have to. Uh, first learn like the basic steps that can lead to more complicated moves but they, there's like simpler moves like you know the dragging moves the glue move uh, as I like to call or scissors is 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 pretty simple move but it's but it's very effective and then you know that this are these are simple moves that we that we start off with and you know I when I hear myself talking about it I don't I don't feel that it actually make makes us stand out but it's it's the the amount of focus that that we put on it and um uh, the drills that we have that actually force the players to go one on one or to turn uh, with the ball, and and uh, yeah, maybe even subconsciously they're they're um, they're growing a a foundation of of good technical skill. And this is sadly this 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 makes us stand out because not at every club it's done that way. Yeah, so this ability to play one-on-one, and, and you and I have coached together in, in, in St. Louis and in, in the U.S., and so our players in, in American soccer, we tend to struggle in one-on-one situations and 2v2 situations, and small-sided games are, are really difficult sometimes because, um, not to say that our players are bad, but they don't have the technical ability or the discipline or the confidence to really show that they are able to do one-on-one situations and they don't have that basic skill set. So do your players, outside of the formal training that you put on or your club puts on, how often do you think that they're training on their own with the technical side of the game? Is it just part of 
Dutch lifestyle to to play with their friends, or what what do you think about that? Uh, well, that's that's part of it. I mean, if you're if you're gonna play at a at a club in a team and you're and you're loving it, you're gonna play with your friends too, and that that's gonna make you better. But I like to I like to comment on what you said. The the player misses the skill. Maybe well, we just talked about that. Is it's that's a part of what choices do you make in the training? But when you when you say they miss the confidence, I think that's it's very important to stress that that can be built by having the player make their own decisions. And uh, in drills, I feel like we uh, we set up the drills that the the player comes into a situation where they have one, two, three choices, and they will make the choice. So there, you know, there's ten minutes going by without the coach saying anything, and and we observe, obviously, but you know that's uh, that's the way to build the confidence in in those one-on-one situations. Also, the player makes his own decision, picks the right solution or maybe the wrong one, but then the time after he'll pick the right one, and that is that is how the confidence is is built. And when when you start at a young age, with having the players be aware of of the importance of being uh, i guess independent that may, that may not be the right word but um uh, being able to make their own choices yeah that that gives you a lot of confidence if if you feel you have the ball you have to look to the sidelines coach what do i need to do like that's that's not going to that's not going to be a confident player so you know we try to recognize that uh as an amateur club of course also we have uh, the dads that uh, that want to coach at the games, and uh, we we always need more volunteers, so they all get a chance, and uh, they all start doing the same stuff everybody does. Also in the states, is 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 you know try to do the PlayStation thing where they coach every pass or every action. You got to pass to this guy. You got to shoot at the. It's always passing. It's never go one on one. That's that's interesting, and um, so you know we try to tell them what they're coaching. Uh, will uh, will affect into and 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 we talk to them about well maybe if you don't say anything or maybe if you set the players up for different uh, options or if you say different things you know you will have different effects and and that's also part of the fun of working together as as a team of coaches uh, and coordinators and 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 um, seeing the effect the effect that it has on our players we don't win all our games um, but all our players are confident to call for the ball and to have the ball on their feet and and to try and find the good solution. Yeah, you mentioned the the PlayStation approach which here in the states I grew up with it as well. People try to dictate every single pass you make. They they try to control from the sidelines and I think a lot of that comes from in the in American sports there's, you know, so many timeouts and there's a, a playbook and there's a lot of coaching that's too direct and I think, you know, with with the soccer you see in the United States, you see players that are conditioned to um, to be uh, controlled by the coaches. So, with with your players and in your own journey, when you were younger, um, you know what made you want to be a coach? What drove you into into coaching <laughs> to begin with? Yeah, I'll I'll try to keep this story short. I'm not sure if it's too <laughs> interesting, but. Um... It was always easy for me to play, but I, I was never fully aware of my potential. And I feel that when when I became aware of my of my potential, it was it was too late. And then I got into some injury trouble, 
uh, I met that that coach that everybody meets that that you don't get along with. And um, uh, this one summer, I was already in my twenties, and I received a letter at my house, which which is pretty cool. But the the content of the letter wasn't. It said, "You well, you're not going to be on the on the first or second team next year." And interesting enough, it didn't come to my mind to to go to another club. I I mean, I've always been loyal, and I still am as a coach, but and then I said, well, I still have my drive to uh, – and then I felt maybe this is a time to sign up for a coach's course. Actually, at the same time, I signed up for a referee course, which, which wasn't bad. But, you know, the coaching has um, – I feel has a lot more to offer. So that's, that's kind of what I stuck with. And as you mentioned, uh, it, it's also brought me to, to the U.S., uh, to St. Louis, among other cities. And, um, well – you know the setup is these is these week camps, uh, week long camps, um, where I I can tell the you know as you said the player is used to being told what to do when you get when you get to know them a little better in in the week. But when you when you start a camp week, you see a group of players that love the game because that's why they signed up for the camp, and then you just start working and. And and from the start of um, of a camp week, they they get to do the Dutch drills. Heck, because we're talking about the Dutch Touch camp in uh, in St. Louis, organized by Terry Mickler and uh, at CBC High School and Jan uh, Jan Prun. Um, you know, so they that's that's what they that's what they get used to for a week. And we always, you know, we always tell ourselves and we always hope that they will they would, that they will take that approach into their season at their club at their schools and. You know, and try to take their own decisions a little more. But I mean, I'm unfortunately I'm not in the position to uh, come watch too many games during the season. But this is something that um, that this is something that we try to accomplish at at the camp. Yes. So when you get players, and for people who don't know who are listening, um, a certain select number of players from the Dutch Touch camps actually get to get inv- invited to go uh, train and play in in, in Holland and to play against. <clears throat> Yost's club. Um, so when you see these players after you've coached them in the States and after you've worked with them for may- maybe many years, maybe, you know, started when they were a little younger and then two, three years, and they actually make it over to Holland to play, what's your first impression when they get there? Obviously, they're tired and they're probably, you know, really, really, really amazed about everything in a new location. But uh, do, do you see um, an evolution in, in their improvement in their play? Or do you see more like they revert back to the ways that they might be accustomed to before uh, you got them as as, your, as their coach. Oh, you mean what's what's my first impression or theirs? Uh, mine? What do you notice from theirs? Yeah. So, uh, and then you can tell me about your first impression too. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I can I can talk about both because uh, I've talked to a lot of them, and um, their first impression always always the word bicycle is mentioned because uh, coming from the U.S., coming into Holland, uh, they see a lot of bikes on the street. We we do a lot of transportation by bike, so that's always what they what they talk about. Also, the streets they find very clean, uh, very tidy. So uh, you know that's always positive, and they find the people friendly. So you know, let's hope it stays that way in uh, this year and in the future. And um, yeah, also the you know the fact that we're talking now is not a coincidence. Uh, just tonight, because uh, right now it's it's almost nine thirty. And uh, I just came back from uh, actually playing the game against the the team 
of, as you mentioned, of players from the camp. They were selected to go train and play in Holland. So they uh, they arrived this morning, and uh, we just played the game. And there was, to answer your question, finally, um, it uh, it was actually easier to to have that impression because there was a lot of repeat uh, players, you know, players that came for for a second time. And uh, Coach Mickler said after the game he he felt that the CBC group they played their strongest soccer that they have played against the Trekvolks team uh, in years because this was the third time that we played, and it was actually an even even match uh, that time. And uh, just to be complete, the the score was four nothing Trekvolks. But I mean that's not something that both Coach Mickler and I really care about too much. Um, first of all, it's it's also great. I need to. I need to not forget. It's 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 very special. I I would have more people have that feeling because it's it's very special feeling to have uh, people that you meet in the states and that you get to know and that you start to like and that you work on soccer with and that you have this crazy bubble where soccer is the only thing in the world basically and then you don't see them for uh, eight months and then they just come walking onto your onto your club's ground you know. I mean that's that's a great feeling. It's like you're having a birthday party and foreign friends come over to the party, you know, <laughs> something like that. It's 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 just great. Um, the kids are always very very polite, very nice. But then, you know, the main dish I guess is is the game, of course. And um, yeah, I feel like they 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 prefer the passing game more than than uh, than my club than my team. Uh, my team tries to create uh, advantage situ- uh, situations by by going past people, and then I feel like the, the the American kids don't have that tendency as much, unless they're unless that uh, unless it's their only option. I was gonna say, then you know they have to. Um, but I mean, their 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 skills are fine. It it. it I feel like in the fifty fifties, maybe there's. There's some lack of training, maybe where they they should get more of those. I mean, you can never get enough of those. Where you learn how to use your body, it doesn't matter if you're big or small. You don't have to use, you don't have to lose a 50-50 if you just use your body right. You know, put it in between the ball and the opponent, basically, and you know, keep turning with the ball, keep moving with the ball, all that kind of stuff. And but I mean, I have enough. <laughs> You know, during a game like that, I have enough <clears throat> trouble uh, watching my own players and making sure that we have a good game. So I can't, I'm not, I can't watch all the opponent players all the time. But, but especially the players I know and that I've met and that have come back. I mean, they're yeah, they're. It's it's great to see their uh, their improvement and their you know and their confidence. There's that word confidence again, that that grows and and you know, obviously when your confidence grows, that'll that'll make you a better player and you will feel. Um, I guess confident. You will feel confident to choose more different options and and try out all these different things and uh, yeah, and do it in a this first this this opening night I called it this this first night in Holland. You know, do it at a, at a place where they feel at home and they're and they're welcomed and uh, yeah, that, that's I feel it's it's been it was a very good start tonight for the for the group and I'll. I'll have the honor uh, and and the pleasure to be with them a little more. Uh, we'll do some more soccer activities, have a mixed tournament with with the American kids and the Trek Vogels kids, 
and then I will be joining them on a, on a trip to Amsterdam. Um, Jan um, Jan Prun, Jan Prun, as as you guys uh, pronounce it, <laughs> always um, packs the schedule with with soccer, 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 but also social activities and cultural activities. So, yeah, it's Amsterdam will have will have a canal. Uh, you know, canal boat ride and and uh, a visit to the Ajax uh, Stadium for uh, for a league game, Dutch league game. Um, he <clears throat> he um, insists that uh, after the game that we play tonight on Saturday, we'll we'll meet again. You know, with with the players and uh, of Trek Fogels and the American players, but then they will be mixed into teams so they will play together. And you know, that's 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 a lot of fun to watch how the the Dutch kids are trying to trying to use their English that they learn in school, which is where it's always easier. And, uh, you know, it, that's, that's a lot of fun. And some of that happened tonight after the game where they were in, um, in our clubhouse. And, um, I don't even know what they talked about. I stayed away from that, but <laughs> they seem to have a lot of, they seem to have a lot of fun together. So yeah, so that's you, what it's all about. Yeah. And, and you mentioned the idea of, of an experience in new culture and experiencing some of the things that that happen, um, you know, away from soccer, but they also tie into building team building and, and learning and and being more um, aware of, of other people. What do you find is the best um, trait that your Dutch team shares with the American players, or or even the American players share with their with your team? You know, is it is it just making new friends? Is it uh, yeah. You know, showing them a move or or, or what have you. What, what do you think that the best trait that they share is? Well, I think it's all of that. It's it's I'm I'm very proud of of my players. To um, they're very well behaved, and um, it doesn't it doesn't take a whole lot of effort for me to have them welcome the American guests in in a very warm fashion and. Uh, and uh, so they, you know, so they feel good uh, at their trip right away. I wouldn't say they, you know, any particular moves or whatever. I mean, they just, I always tell them, though, before we play the game, I always tell them, you have to uh, show them what Dutch soccer, what Trek Vogel soccer stands for. So you have to show, uh, you know, the American the American spectators and the and and the opponents what you can do what you could do with the ball so that always works <laughs> so i just keep saying that every year when the americans come and they love it they're you know they it's a very special game also for the kids you know and they're, yeah they're always very excited everybody wants to play i actually i had to disappoint a couple of players this year but uh yeah um hopefully they'll come back um outside of soccer um you know when they talk to each other for a couple of minutes like if you look at the number of miles that they, they actually live apart and then to find out that they can talk about stuff and school and soccer and Champions League and and they're very nice and you know they you know they'll find each other nice and 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 it's a lot and they can have fun with each other and they're all, you know stuff on their phones that I don't I don't know about but that's <laughs> that's always interesting too um, this year in uh, actually, the game was played with uh, a U14 team, which was half of the U13 and half of the U15. I won't go into how that works, but we we play in age categories that have two years. So the U14 was a, was a one-time team, but two girls that play on the U13 team also played tonight, and one scored a fantastic free kick. 
the other one is is a uh, very um, aggressive but also also creative player more uh, all-round player i would say that that both play for uh dutch federation regional teams and um it, i felt like i don't i don't want to force it too much but i felt like for for the uh, for the American girls that played in the group, they can see that in Holland, the girls can play with the boys in league games. So they play on a boys team, but they can play because it's, there we go again. It's it, That's the best thing for the individual development. And um, I mean, I, I, I wanted my girls to talk to the American girls about that a little bit. I don't, I feel we didn't have enough time to make that happen, but I mean, they saw how they played and they played dominant. You see, uh, with the character traits of girls, like they they get uh, in a boys team, they get uh, they get placed on defense. Like they just have to have to get the ball and then pass it to one of the boys that is going to do something creative with it, you know. But you know we we lose all of that. We just say, hey, we got a free kick on 20 yards. That's the only one we got all game. You have the best kick. You take the the free kick, and she and she nailed it into the top corner. And the other one, when she has the ball, she's very social. I feel like. I feel like most girls are there. They're more social. They're more focused on on the team. So they would pass the ball quicker. But, you know, then, as I said, at the club, if if they play for Trek Foles, they almost get forced to, to to show their individual skill and to and to go one-on-one and to, yeah, do different things, you know. So that was something that I think stood out tonight, that, that we had two girls on the team that, that, that could keep up easily with, with the boys. So when it comes to your own philosophy of, of developing players or even coaching and, and maybe take this, this trip out of the discussion for a second, mm. what, what do you want to stress when you approach a, a set of players? And, and how do you define your philosophy of coaching? If it, is, it, is it technical ability and being a good one-on-one player? Or can you explain that for us? I feel like, I mean, this is... A, Obviously not my quote, but I feel like offense is the best defense would would sum it up is where um, I will always, not, well, always is a little too strong, but I will, most of the time I will have wingers. So the wingers uh, task, uh, in my opinion, is, is to make sure they get the ball and, and to try and go past the defender and then that way create the situations where you where you have an advantage. So that's why we have to train a lot of one-on-one so a lot, a lot of players can play in that winger position. Now, because we train a lot of one-on-one players in other positions, because only only two can play at the wing, uh, at the forward wing, will have, have that skill. So what you end up getting is your left defender will start you know taking on his play, his opponent as well, which is which is sometimes a little nerve-wracking, but it, but it's fun to watch. Um, so so offense is the best defense, and and um, um, I feel it's important. They know that also at Trek Vogels with the individual development, the team is very important. You support your team. You always come to practice because that's what you do for your team. Uh, you're on time because that's what you do for your team. But within that team, the the coach and your teammates will leave room for you to show your individual skill and 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 to develop your individual strong points and 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 weaker points now i mean um let me see how i'm going to say this is 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 where 
uh, you can, all, as a coach, always choose how much you're going to focus on winning. Of course, this is this is also age-related, but if uh, this is this is this is a little general, but you know, just to make it complete, is where if I have 14 players, uh, I don't feel my job is to win as many games as possible, but I feel my job is to have those 14 players all. Uh, develop their potential as much as possible in one season and that is not the same thing I mean it's a little more long term than just looking at at the next game uh, where I play with my strongest 11 and then I'll try to win the game but those other three don't develop in that game you know so I'm, I'm looking at where do I want to go to at the end of the season where I find that a lot of clubs or, or individual coaches they, they look at the game they see well this this didn't go too well. Our defense wasn't reaching our midfield in this particular game. That's what we're going to train all week because that's what went wrong, which is a negative start for, for your training, right? And and if what I try to do is, uh, as I said, where do I want to be at the end of the season uh, You know, for the team and for all the individual players? And that's what we're working, working towards every training, every game. The game is like a... Is, is, is also just a step in that direction. That's how I look at it. That's why when I lose a game, I can still have a good weekend. But the best part of it is when you work in that way, you start, most of the time, you win a lot of games. So I have a good weekend anyway. Yeah, it, it seems like it's about like a different perception here in the in the United States. And I don't want to say that our approach is, is horrible, but sometimes mm. it's, it's, it's all about winning. It's only about winning in league standings, and, and it's not about performance. It's less about development, less about learning, only about you know winning if we win ugly, playing you know negative soccer, or kicking it forward, and not, not doing what we train to do and our potential. I think you, you mentioned a couple of words there. Uh, potential is one of them, you know, realizing their potential. And I'm going to ask you how you do that in, in a minute. But you also mentioned something about being on time and, and, and doing it the right way and, and having a good attitude. You know, that's something that I know... You know, Jan and, and, and Terry both really stress is, you know, the attention to detail. How important mm-hmm. is that and how much of that is the value of, of a Dutch upbringing anyway, just aside from soccer, but also when you put it into the, the, the conversation of soccer, attention to detail and, and doing the little things the right way, like being on time, tying your shoes. I think one yeah. of the first conversations you and I ever had was uh, we had a young, young group of players at, at, in St. Louis who their parents were tying their shoes for them, and and you were oh, like, yeah. what what is happening here? What what is this? And and I, I think it's yeah. it's kind of a uh, it's a difference in our societies, but I think we both saw the same issue with it, and I, I, I found it to be strange as well. And I'm an American, so you know, can you talk about attention to detail with Dutch you know philosophies and in society sure. and 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 understanding um, you know the little things make the big differences, as Terry says. So can you talk about that a bit? Sure. See, well, I don't know if I can speak for the whole Dutch soccer society. I don't, I don't think I can. But um, also, the example you gave is pretty funny because, you know, sometimes in St. Louis, I'm, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but that's because we only have a limited amount of time. I mean, I've, I've tied shoelaces for my players, but you know, on a, on a general point, that has to do with being independent, and that's. Uh, no parents in the locker room, uh, no parents carrying bags, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, if you're 12 years old and you're late for the game and you're going to tell me it's it's your mother's fault, no. You know, you got to take responsibility and that. But, I mean, you always got to focus on um, what happens on the field. 
um, the game today that we just mentioned, uh, the game today was 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 early. If you play a game on a weekday, you would you would think six thirty seven is a good time to start. You know, people, uh, all the kids are out of school. Parents can take them because they're out of out of work. This game started at four forty five, so a lot of kids are like, yeah, I don't know if I can make it. I'll be there, but I'll be late. I was like, no, you want to play this game, you're gonna be on time. If you're gonna be late, you're not gonna play. It's not like I enjoy saying that, but this is this is very simple because we have a preparation for the game. Uh, we're working with a team, so you just got to make sure you got to you got to. And I helped them because uh, I wrote a letter for them to give to their schools, so a lot of them use that letter and get out of school early. So they didn't mind that. Um, the the attention to detail sometimes. Uh, at my, you know, with my U13 team, there's a lot of first touches in passing. But if <clears throat> if you're five or six years old and you start playing soccer, you you have your first practice, and the coach will say, pass the ball to each other. And they will, and if if you look at him do it, they will all try to do it one touch too, which is very funny, but uh, which is very hard. But then they're 12, 13, and the coach in this case still says pass the ball to each other but the difference is that um it is the pace uh, the difference is I, I want a first touch i don't want you to one touch it uh the difference is you're constantly moving because you're not with two players but you're with three or four and you're constantly moving and you're you know you're, you're getting your touches right you're getting your passes right inside and laces and all that stuff and I'm not saying that that particular five minutes will make you a better player, but if you do that week in week out, it's you know it's going to be automatic to do it, to do it 100% and to do it at a certain speed. I used to say, but Wesley Snyder is is a little bit uh, over his glory days, but I would tell teams I can do anything that Wesley Snyder can, and I could, but he he does it 20 times faster. He turns, he passes, he he shoots both feet. You know, so it, if you do everything faster, it'll make you a better player. And, and you know, this is the challenge because if you're going to be faster, you're going to be in a hurry. You're going to make mistakes. So that 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 line where you make mistakes, like you know, the the speed at which you make mistakes, that's 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 what you got to change. You got to keep moving that line. You know, and as as you get older, and if you do the right training, you will be moving that line and you will be able to keep up in a game with with a certain tempo, a certain speed because your technical skill is used to playing at that speed and that's that's what we're trying to do. And that is reached by paying attention to detail every minute of every practice and every game. One of the uh, the best lessons I learned as a player and when I, I spent some time in, in the Netherlands as a, as a kid was um, doing things uh, the right, the little things right um, in, in all aspects. So, you know, is it washing the dishes correctly, you know, folding your clothes and, you know, it wasn't so so much like a discipline like you had to do it or else you were in trouble, but it was help holding yourself to a higher standard. And I think, you know, you mentioned something else um, with your team, whether it's, you know, you win every game or you don't win any game, but you want them to raise um, the level and realize their potential. How do you communicate realizing their own potential to a group of players that have different skills and maybe are different experiences in the game? How do you get them to realize the value of realizing their potential, if that makes sense? Well, actually, you know, the players are age 11, 12, 13 years old. We're actually very open about it. We're, we're, uh, I never say before the game, like, winning is not important. I don't say that. 
because if we're playing well, if everybody's working hard, that means, you know, and that we got to win the game. And winning a game is a quality that you need to develop as well. Like, how do you win a soccer game? That is something that you need to master. And that, uh, you know, and for winning, you can use your skills. But we're very open. Um, um, we play friendly games against teams that are that play uh, up higher or that are older or better. And we explain to them, why do we play these games? Because I can organize a friendly that we win 8-2 eight, eight or 8 nothing, but we're not going to learn. And they, they know that. I mean, they're smart kids. They're um, At this age, you know, they start thinking about soccer. You start having soccer conversations in the locker room, whereas they're 8 or 9. You, I feel like that you can't really do that. You, you just got to tell them what to do. And then, as I said before, like they come in situations where they're going to learn. But you can't really ask them, like, why do we move up on the field? Well, that, that may actually be possible, but it, it shouldn't get any more complicated than that. And they're 11, 12, 13, you know, they, they have to start using the space on the field. Like, wh why would you uh, move towards him or why would you move away from the, you know, from your teammate? Like, what is the thought behind that? And all that kind of stuff is what we talk about. And um, they see in the training that we do different drills with different players not every player does the same stuff because this player needs something else than than this other player and 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 you know they they could be asking questions but before they even could be we explain at the beginning of the, of the of the session like we're doing this today with with this player or with this little group of players because we feel that they need to do this and we're also very open the the teammates know um, uh, know the skills and weaknesses of of their own teammates. I wouldn't say weakness. I would say less strong strong points, maybe. Maybe, but um, you know. So that's what they know. That's what they got to work with in the game, as well. So yeah, I I feel it works pretty good to just be open. Also, when uh, when a player is underperforming for a month, I mean, I could tell them that. I mean, I, or I could I could talk to him about it one on one. You know, it's just, it's, it's it's not going very well. What's happening? what's going on but a teammate they they see that too they see hey he's not he's not playing the the way he can so i i see no uh i see no uh, i see nothing bad in just being honest about it and and we're and we're being open but we keep it in the team so you know that's within the team where we're very open and honest about about all that 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 aspect is really interesting to me because i think uh here in the united states i grew up with um, we, we try to hide from our mistakes because we don't want to be called out or we don't want to be exposed. And sometimes yeah. that's that's human nature. And I think sometimes mm -hmm. as, as as young people in sport, we, we tend to uh, play to our strengths. But in doing that, we tend to ignore our weaknesses and they come back to, to, to kind of haunt you later. You, you mentioned another thing that I thought was very interesting about being uh, kind of independent, like no, no parents in the locker rooms, uh, you know, training sessions, the parents aren't interfering and, and all that stuff. Um, how how important do you think that is in the long term for um, players at your club and in players in general? Because you know, when we come to the states, the parents are very interested in what we're doing and and, and stuff at training. And sometimes the, the players are looking over their shoulder when we're trying to do a drill or during a game. They're looking in the sidelines and they're not yeah. focused. And so, um, how how often do you find that that's um, you know something that you, you you set a standard and say okay you know this is your time as a player you know you were here at, at the locker room uh, your parents with all due respect are, are gonna be parents and they're not gonna you know overstep their boundaries how do you articulate that um 
at the beginning of the season, we uh, we have a meeting with the parents. I feel like most coaches would, and this is something that that we need that, that you always need to mention and uh, really focus on because I feel like it's mentioned in a lot of coaches' parents meetings. Like, okay, just just encourage the players, no coaching, and people go, okay, okay. But you get, I feel like you should explain why. And go and talk about it longer. That's what we do. And the word independent uh, always comes on the table there, where um, you know the player, where you stress to the parents, the player needs to be able to make their own decisions. Do not make the decision for the player. And and also we we stress that we know that they mean well. It's 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 never parents that try to ruin their kid's experience. It's always parents that try to help their kid. But they're not helping the kid, and they don't realize that. And that is what we got to explain, and that's part of our job. And <clears throat> and what what helps in explaining is after a couple of weeks already, they see the difference. They see that their kid doesn't need their direction to make the right decision, you know. Or <laughs> it's especially funny with goalkeepers, the parent that goes stand behind the goal of their son or daughter. <laughs> Because it's like a like a shield or something, you know. And they're, they're they're I feel like they're trying to show that they're protecting their kid and they're they can tell their kid, okay, save the ball, you know. And if I have a parent like that, I I tell them to get away from there. I tell them if your kid get get scored on four or five times, he'll learn from it. Don't worry about it, you know. He he can handle it, you know. And that's basically that's also maybe a good motto. They can handle it, you know. Um, talk about confidence again. The parent does apparently does not have the confidence in the kid that they can make their own decisions. I have that confidence, so I tell the parents I have the confidence he can do it on it on their own, on his own, on her own. Don't don't do that, you know. And they it always works out. I mean, as as I said, the most important thing is they see the player has more fun, more confidence that way. So uh, you know, we have the occasional. Uh, you know, a person that that it takes uh, a little bit more um, effort, and uh, maybe the the home visit, you know, the visit to the house, to have you know to have the talk, and uh, but that's that's very rare. That so yeah. So that, that leads me to my next question. So like, what would be the most frustrating part of? Um, your coaching journey so far. So I, I don't mean like the, the necessarily the bad things, but what what um, aspects of of soccer or coaching do you feel are are kind of a struggle at the moment? Not necessarily with you, but just in terms of the team or the club or the the the, mm. the soccer culture in Holland right now might be on a little bit of a down because of the uh, you know of whatever. Is there mm-hmm. what, what do you think is a struggle point for you? Well, yeah, I can answer that question on a, on a number of levels, but to to start with what you finished off with is because I don't feel the soccer culture is on a down. It's just that our national team hasn't gotten any results, but we're still number three in the world. So what are we talking about, you know? And then I feel a little disappointed uh, to where we miss one tournament, and uh, and rightfully so because we didn't deserve to be there, but. And then, and now everything's got to be changed, and you you see a lot of the changes involve, well, not a lot of some of the changes involve overcoaching. They're like, let's have 
let's not play two halves. Let's play three parts so we can have one extra moment to coach. Okay, so more coaching would make a better play. Well, we're just, I think we're basically agreeing on less coaching, um, but the right coaching at the right time. But less coaching will, will make a more independent player. It's always funny to, I mean, you know, there's no one truth or in this matter, but when the Dutch players that grew up playing on the streets with no Dutch Federation academies and trainings and, and at all these artificial turf fields and, and, and all this stuff and all training in the same clothes and nice boots, there was none of that. And we won and we were the best in the world for, for, uh, for a couple of years, you know, we won European cups and those players were very independent, even to the, to the point how they how they wore their hair you know how their uh, haircuts were very long hair little rebels and uh, that's what led to i guess most most successes but let's not go there because i think me and you could talk about that for a long time <laughs> but um uh for me individually there's not a whole lot of frustration i i love the coaching um as i just said like when a player is underperforming a little bit you together with the player you try to find the reasons for it and you the factor time is always on on the good side like you always i never have to tell a player <clears throat> you have to fix that problem in one week or in two weeks no he always say okay try to work on that and then you know if you're if you play in a certain team like the first u13 team you're uh you're expected to have talent part of talent is that you're able to pick up stuff faster than somebody with less talent and and that you got to be able to change your problems fix your problems and maybe a little quicker so there is a limit to it but there's always time so <clears throat> the you know the joy of it the fun of it is is working with the players at developing um you know the parents is i feel like you control that i mean every parent is different but it it takes some some effort and some you know sometimes some social skills to to work with the parents but parents are at the age that my players ha uh, have 11 12 13 the parents are part of the team basically because they have to go with us to the away games they have to take the kids especially the kids that live a little bit farther away they have to you know come take them to the sport but come come pick them back up um parents take turns being assistant referees so yeah i like to tell them they're part of the team and that implies a certain responsibility you know they can never say well i'm not part of the team so i can do whatever i want no no you can't if you're a negative presence around my team you're part of the team you're you're holding us back you know you're bringing us down so so that's that's always a good conversation start <laughs> you know um well i when you said frustration i mean that uh sometimes it's difficult that when you get players from another coach and and you feel like, oh, it, it would have been better if they would have worked more on this or that. Or when your players go to a different coach and and they, um, you know, they lose stuff that we used to focus on. But in the end, that's that's a frustration that you that you can get over because <clears throat> I feel like I feel like every player gets better if they play under different coaches. And and then my challenge is that the players just have to take whatever I try to teach them or that they learned playing in my team and they take that and they keep that with them and then they learn other stuff and they combine the stuff they learn and that that's how they develop so it's it's pretty easy to let go but you know the 
the the most extreme example is where you try to build from the back and play nice passing soccer and then the year after they the coach makes them play the long ball but i mean i haven't i haven't had that experience at, at my at my current club at trek vocal so this is, this is a pretty extreme uh, example that it, it it doesn't happen i mean i'm i'm pretty strict i guess uh i like to set the boundaries i like to not be too flexible with that and i like to believe that within those boundaries there's a lot of freedom for the players and then uh, what's happened is that they they they've gone on to to another coach that has let's say uh more loose boundaries if that's if that's correct english mm-hmm. and um well but they've always been able to hold up and and uh yeah sometimes it's even worked for the better because there there was even more room to uh you know express their um their skills you know there was there was no uh, as i said no boundaries so you got to do everything on your own but it also has to do with age like if i if i have a, an 11 12 year old player i think it's important to set those boundaries now the player moves on he becomes 13 14 15 years old okay he he's going to need different boundaries so it's natural but it's 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 fine i know i i think it's pretty positive if you ask me about frustrations i i wouldn't really I wouldn't really uh, have any any big ones. Well, that's good. I think you know frustrations are. are I think the the word itself is kind of it sounds negative, but I, I'm just thinking yes. things that you're working through, and and I oh. think every coach is on a journey. And I I, I think one of the uh, interesting things that you're telling me, and, and definitely, um, you know, I like to apply to my own coaching is setting boundaries, setting expectations that are clear that they understand. Um, a really good coach once told me. Um, there's a phrase in English. It's uh, it says it's not what you say, it's what they hear. Is a mm-hmm. is kind of a interesting thing to think about. Do you find that that's true with your own coaching? Like it's not necessarily what you say, but what they kind of receive. And especially when you come to the United States and you, you say something and they do the opposite. Um, obviously, you know, it's they're hearing something different. Is that something you you experience um, a lot or no? Well, that last example, we can blame that on the on the language there, yep, but. Yep, yep. Uh, <laughs> As I try my best, but no, you know, there's two different things. If if I have my team that I have all season, there's a lot of repeating. So if they don't hear it, if they don't hear what I want them to hear the first or second time, I can tell by their by how they're playing, and then I will say it a third and fourth time, and that that and that's fine. Um, I try not to talk too long. Uh, after 12 years of coaching, it's, it's still sometimes a challenge when you have a lot of things that you want to say. You know, for some organizational stuff like uh, who's not who's not at practice? Why aren't they here? What game do we have on Saturday? What are we looking What are we looking at after that? Uh, what's going on? Did we sign in for any tournaments that are later? As, is anybody's birthday? And then you go, okay, uh, we're going to work on this, this, and that. And then you're into practice, which is only 75 minutes, and you're already five, six, seven minutes. You're talking. So you know, uh, that's that's something that I need to always still pay attention to but you know i tell myself it's just because i enjoy talking about soccer so i don't blame myself too much um <laughs> with with the coming to america and 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 uh you know the thing you said uh, it's not what you say is what they hear um i feel they understand me pretty they understand me pretty well is is um um you know there's we've we're not it's not a military thing but you always also at the camps you know tuck in your shirt uh you know wear your wear your shorts the right way you know they got to wear the, the right shirt and, re- and the right shorts all that stuff you know 
that is I feel that those rules that aren't um, made by me but are applied by me but the rules I feel were made because that's also part of being a good soccer player like we just talked about you know if you can't um, hold a simple set of rules like what clothes should you wear that day you know then I mean then you're you're off you know you're off the list you know you know so but and and then after that the soccer comes and uh, when you're limited to uh, to a week of of um, of training time then um obviously you have to make choices of of what you um of what you want to say and um i feel like the the choices that i usually make is is uh well let's be clear i'm i'm i'm, I'm part of a bigger camp so it's not like I'm just going to run my own show there, but uh, there's a lot of freedom for every coach to to um, to stress different things. And I think what I stress is a is a summary of what we just talked about. Is is in a week time you can be aware more of of being independent of um, that passing isn't always the right option. What skills do I need if 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 I want to pick another option than passing? Because also sometimes players pass because that's the only thing they can do. They haven't mastered the other stuff, so that so that we can work on that, we can invest time in at the camp, and then in a week, you know, you can you can do a lot. I feel, and um, yeah, the the talking too much is is not as much an issue there because you know that there's not in a week, you know, and you haven't you haven't gotten to know each other that well, so there's not too much to talk about. Just the drill. What do you want to do with it? Let's get to work. Yeah, I think in, in in a lot of countries, in England and the United States, the the coach loves to talk almost too much, and um, and and I think the other thing that um, you, you definitely have mentioned is the the development of you know the the idea of passing is something that we love to do, but sometimes it's not always the right option. And recognizing how to you know understand that in the game. So, do you give your players any? Um, we call it homework here, but do you give them any things to do on their own with the ball or on their, in their own game aside from practice to make sure that when they come back or as the season goes on, they're ready to do what you're trying to accomplish? Um, this is interesting. I've, I'm not sure if this is the answer you're looking for, but but uh, this is what comes to mind is um, I don't. This is, Well, that is the answer. I don't, and I will, I'll, I'll tell you why is, is where one of the bigger differences that I've noticed – coming to the US is the the appreciation of off time um, so let's say beginning of June uh, it's already coming soon this is the best time of the season with the, the the more decisive games in the league and then the tournaments the nice weather but at the beginning of June it's the end of the season we we have a like a closing dinner or something with the, with the players and I, I tell them see you in August so that's two months that they are not at the club, but um, you know they'll play with the ball. They won't lose all their skills, but we appreciate so much the the two months of off time that they get uh, above uh, giving them homework or training longer, training you know training all summer, and um, even going so far that the the federation has to has to pronounce a dead week, like you can't do anything. We don't. I don't want to see my players for two months. I want them to have a great summer vacation. Yesterday, uh, one of the players on my team, one of the two girls that I mentioned, she she had a crazy schedule this week. She had a, a training with 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 her federation 
uh, U13 girls team. Um, she played in the game today. She has another federation training tomorrow, and we have a league game with our Trek Falls team Saturday. I told her the Wednesday, the team practice, I told her mother, leave her at home. I don't want to see her. She needs a break, you know. And, um, well, this is the opposite of giving homework, I guess. But I know my players. I know, like you said before in this, in this, in this talk, when they're at home, they have brothers and sisters and friends, and they're going to pick up a ball and play. You know, so it's not something that I worry about at all. And it's a little cultural, you know, it's something that that we're used to doing is just leaving them be for a couple of months. I feel it's good also for the coach player relation. Uh, I don't move with players. I stay at my youth or team, but there's players that I've had for two, three or four years. You know, you don't want to see them for two months and then and then you see them again and you start working. You don't if you're always together, you know, that's 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 not healthy. Well, that's my personal opinion. No, I think that's a healthy it's a healthy way to look at it because uh, you know so often youth coaches say that those are my players and they, they like almost like they, they they have contracts and stuff and I think sometimes it's it's good to let them be people before players you know I think that's a yes. big it's a big development um, you know aspect that that we in the United States are still learning I think in, in in a lot of our sports but especially with soccer we still have trouble letting go and and letting them make mistakes and letting them fail so they can learn from those opportunities um, so as you wrap this up what does your uh, your immediate future look like are you coming to the states this year or are you you have the season in the spring with uh, Trek vocals and then what uh, what's on your plate for the the coming coming year yeah, well, first I want to say that the you know the thing you said uh, it may be more interesting for the listeners if if we would disagree more, but I feel we're <laughs> I'm afraid we're we're a lot on uh, on the same page with a lot of stuff, but I mean I guess talking about it and, and explaining it a little bit may may still be interesting. Uh, this is the most exciting time of the season. We have uh, invested the time from August to Christmas uh, to look at our uh, where our strong points, our weaknesses are. We've worked on them, and this is all coming to bloom, I guess, uh, now. And now we're going to uh, see the effect, and, and, and players are to the point where they're, they're almost getting to the point where I'm done with them because half of the team is going to move up to, 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 the, to another team. And, um, yeah, they're, as I said, like in, in August, I have a vision of where I want them to, uh, to get where I want them to be, and this is where we're getting closer to. We have, I think, eight league games yet. All good games. We're in a, we're in a fun league this year. Um, good clubs here in the in the in the, in the region. Then uh, we we have some tournaments at, like in the winter, but most tournaments we play at the end of the season. So season ends, league ends in May, and then uh, a lot of clubs organize tournaments in in the rest of the month of May. We have which is which was fantastic last year, it was a four-day tournament in Germany. Sometimes you have those moments where you're, uh, when you're experiencing it, and at that same time, you already know that it's, it's once in a lifetime, it's legendary. Well, once in a lifetime, maybe not, because we're going to the same four-day tournament in Germany that we went to last year, but now with the new team for the kids, it's, that's just great, you know, to drive for four hours and, and 
you know, stay in a, in a like a dorm thing kind of and play soccer and, and make friends there in, in, in uh, Germany, just like they're doing with the American kids. And then uh, I'm very happy that, that Jan and Terry have invited me back to come to St. Louis. For me personally, I have a uh, plan to visit a friend in New York and also friends in California where I was an exchange student uh, a long time ago <laughs> coming at the end of high school. So I'm very excited for the summer, and I'm just I'm just very excited overall. And also with the adrenaline of the uh, CBC game still uh, still in me, yeah, it's like this is uh, you're you're listening to a very happy man right now. That's, that's great to hear. So hopefully this summer you, we can uh, we can get together, we can we can argue about football more than we can we can agree on things and have a beer and and uh, and maybe coach a bit together. But yo, so I want to thank you very much for. For talking to me, we're gonna do this again, I'm sure. Um, Thanks. So, Thanks for having me, John. Absolutely. So, um, everybody who's listening, um, look up what Yost is doing in, in Holland and what CBC Dutch Touch is doing here in the states, and uh, we'll we'll talk soon. So. Thanks again, Yost.